0: Go ahead and have a seat this morning in the presence of God. Man, I have the the privilege of ministering this morning. How many are excited for what God is doing? Amen. You know, we continue on to to press through. Stay in the course is the theme of our our conference this year. And, And we have a conference coming up in January. And you see, how many know this year went very quick? And, you know, we look back and we look at the... at the the opportunities that God has given us for growth. And and the the mindset of the believer of of today, the modern church, should be that we continue to grow, that we continue to press through in what God is doing and and, and seek the momentum that God has given us. I'm always amazed at the advances that, that are taking place in medicine. You know, I read... And I see what's taking place. They're, they're, they're experimenting with new medications that are, are you know, taking cancer. And, and you know, they, they just recently did a clinical trial where they gave this medication to 16 patients. And all 16 patients were in remission from cancer. So the advancements are always, are always going forward. Amen. My, my doctor now, a uh, young guy, nice guy, uh, you know he 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 he's very open with me he'll he'll call me and say hey tony you know what's you know this is what looks good you're, you know you're, uh, he zoomed me the other day uh, a while back he zoomed me to talk to me and here we are uh, facetiming on, on and i'm talking to him and he says you know tony he says everything looks good your your labs look good your cholesterol is it looks good it's going down he says continue doing what you're doing i says amen I says, good. He says, what, what, what is it? Yeah, I says, well, I go, I'm on the Mexican keto diet. How many, how many have heard of the Mexican keto diet? Amen. Poquito burritos, poquito tacos. <laughs> Took them a minute to get it, amen. But God is always doing something great. And one of the areas that we as Christians are going to develop in growth is through discipline. Discipline. It got real quiet. <laughs> One of the areas of, of our spiritual healthiness doesn't happen overnight. How many know that, that, that your growth and your, your advancement in God's, in God's kingdom isn't going to happen overnight? Amen. We, we, we would love to, to you know what, come to the altar and say a prayer. But oftentimes what, what takes place is that when we accept the challenge that God has given us, that we were going to be placed in areas where those areas will be tested. And that is where you make that commitment. God is patient with you and I. Can I say amen? We, we all have the hurdles, the barriers to overcome. But one area today I would like to share, and this will be the Christian's walk, is the ability to endure and, most important, to live a life of discipline. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Through my walk and through your walk, you could attest that Growth in areas is the challenge in that there are some areas that we have grown through, overcome, and have developed. Some of the things that used to trip you up when you first came into the things of God, that they no longer affect you, but they might affect somebody else. That might be an area that they might struggle with. And so you, you, you've learned and you're able to help another individual because you went through that. How I many you know it's, it, you want to hear from somebody who went through it. Somebody who experienced, like, you don't want to take marriage advice from that homeboy who ain't got no marriage. But he always has a word for you on what you need to do, right? So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, and it reads this. It says, and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value Of the discipline and the training of the Lord God. Or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Verse 7. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of the authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, if only proves we are strangers and not sons. Go down to verse 11. Now, all discipline to, be more pain, to seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. Yet later, it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to minister your anointed word, Father. Lord, I ask, Lord, that hearts are prepared this morning, Lord God, that your word fall on good ground. Lord, I pray for those who have tuned in on our live stream, Father God. Lord, that your anointing flow through the airways, Father. Lord, that today you be lifted up, glorified, magnified, Lord God, in your house, Father. I give you the honor, the glory, and all the praise. Amen. Amen. See, God's word tells us that all discipline is necessary for the training towards righteousness. We don't see it at the time. We don't appreciate it. We don't see the value of it. But the, the word tells us that it's for our benefit. Our benefits. See, the process that God is taking you and I in is that it's the process of growth. When you come to the things of God, things are new to you. Your, your eyes are wide open and you're ready to receive what God has to instruct you on. But through time, what happens many times in the Christian's life is that they tend to think that, you know what, I've already gone through that. I've experienced that already. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to yield to that. I don't need to be part of that anymore. I'm I'm an older guy. I'm an older woman in the things of God. I don't need to yield to that. But nobody likes discipline or to give discipline. But when it is godly discipline, it comes from a place of love. See, when our leaders, when they have to bring a correction to us or as a parent, when you have to bring correction to a child who's going the wrong way or saying, doing something wrong that you don't agree with, sometimes they don't understand that you're trying to come at them in a place of love. You know what? I don't want you to go through the hurt that I've gone through. It's an experience. It's an experience. See, when I was a child, I mean, I, I you know what? I challenged my sister. I said, you know what? If you stick. The butter knife in that socket. I'll do it after you. <laughs> and she did it, and I didn't have to experience that pain because I knew it was going to hurt. When she says, "Okay, now it's your turn," I says, "No, I'm good." <laughs> so I remember when my son was small. Some, you know what? I, I I left. I walked out the kitchen and I seen him standing there, and I seen a butter knife. I says, "Hey, Mio, don't don't here. Give me that. Don't touch that. It's, it's going to hurt." Big owie. Right. Big eye, right? I walk around, man, and all of a sudden the lights flicker. Bzz. He didn't yield to that. And I said, did you stick something in there? He said, no, but his black fingers told me something else. So when when we tell when a, a leader has to bring a correction to you, say, look, man, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't 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 filter that. Don't let that process get into your mind. It's for a reason. It's to protect you. So you can advance in the things of God. One, purpose said, one per person said this, he says, The purpose of God's discipline is not to punish us, but to transform us. That's what it's about. It's about transforming us into God's image, into the man and the woman of God that he has called you to be. And there's a process involved, and it's called discipline. See, when, when you know it's love that drives parents to teach and train the child is the right way of living. Discipline is a choice. It's simply consistently choosing the hard right over the easy wrong. As Christians in this modern day, we have to make some tough decisions. If we say, you know what, God, I want to serve you, I want to please you, you're going to have to walk away from some things. You're going to have to let go of some relationships. You're going to have to let... Be parted away from the people who brought you to that place. Sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy being the one who wants to make a stand for God in a non-godly world. People are going to look at you. People are going to talk about you. People are going to just, you know what, uh, you know, oh, now they think they're, so, they're too good. Now they think that, oh, man, they're holy now. They don't remember how, you know, we used to do this and you do They always want to pull you back to who you were. But God is transforming you. And sometimes you need to step away for a season. Never means that you're not going to go back and minister to them. When you're stronger, you're going to be able to go back and be that light and to be that salt. See, that's what God has called us to do. You, you and I, our testimony is to go back to win those back. Win them back with love. And it's, gonna, it's, it's a whole lot easier when you are stronger in the things of God. And you can say, you know what, God? I go and I represent you. I go and you go before me. And that you don't go there and all of a sudden, you know, you're strong in the Lord where you're able to say no to things. Like, no, man, I, I don't do that no more. No, man, you know what? I, uh, you know what? I don't dance to those songs no more. I don't, I don't drink that no more. I don't do these things. I don't have to do these things. Amen. And those are the things is that you no longer have the desire. It's amazing. When God has transformed an individual's heart, it shows. Where you're able to, you know what? You don't have to do the things that you used to do just so you could be relaxed. You say, you know what? I have Jesus and that's all I need. I just need the presence of God in my life. Harvey Mackey said this. He says, whether you are pursuing success in business, sports, the arts, or life in general, the bridge between wishing and accomplishing is discipline. You could want something so bad for yourself. You could wish for it. But if you have no discipline, there's that gap. We're called to be a peculiar people, people who have the, the presence of God in our lives. That where individuals see you, that they know that there's something different about you. There's, they know that there's something unique about you, that you have that aura about you, that God and his presence is over you. That your speech has changed. Your demeanor, you have a smile. There's a light in your eye that they see. Something different about that person. Most of us cringe at the word discipline. I know sometimes discipline, you know, we think disciplinary action. (laughs) You get called to the HR office. Disciplinary action. What does that entail? What does that mean? What is that? Or your leaders call you up to say, you know what, we'll put you on discipline. You cringe, but it's for a purpose. It's a development that God is doing. See, discipline... Bring stability and structure into a person's life. And we must understand that we are constantly living in the process of growth. The first point I want to bring out this morning is the discipline of disturbance. Say disturbance. disturbance. Proverbs 10, 17, you could turn there or write that down. It's says, if you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path of life. Now, that don't make sense. Logic tells you, man, if I'm constantly being told that I'm doing this and I have to do it this way, how does that make it that I'm walking on the right path? Because an individual loves you to the point where they see you going astray and they say, no, 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 come on, come back this way. It goes on to say, if you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path of life. But if you reject rebuke, you're guaranteed to go astray. It says it right there. That if we don't receive it, if we just want to ignore it, shine it on, you know what, why don't you rebuke them all the time? Why am I always getting, because God is bringing correction to your life. God is bringing a discipline and it's constant. See, listen, the people who don't want it, it's evident. The fruit shows it. It's not there. But when you are a child of God, God loves you to the point where he says, I am going to bring correction to your life. I am going to bring you a word that will direct you and guide you in the areas that you need to address. How many know that God will not give you, and I notice when he disrupts our lifestyle? How many here have ever had plans and God turned you the other way? Because we want to, it and it's good. You have good intentions. You say, you know what, God, I, this is for your glory, Right? This is for your glory, God. And it doesn't open. The door doesn't open. The door shuts, slams right in your face. Because Christians have a tendency to get comfortable. How many have ever got comfortable? See, the word of God, is, is it, it brings you comfort, and the word of God will also discomfort you. When we're not in where God wants us to be, have you ever opened up the word of God, and you're just flipping through it, and you just say, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to, God, speak to me. And then you come about that scripture. Oh, no, not that one. (laughs) Oh, not that one either. No, no. Come on, God, give me a proverb. Give me something. (laughs) And you're looking and you're looking for that one scripture that's going to just, but God's just constantly giving you correction. God's telling you, you know what? Blessed is he that does it. And you're just, oh, God, God. And you just start to freak out. Just close the Bible and just put on worship music. Many people feel that discipline disturbs their lifestyle. It interrupts their plans. When we surrender our hearts to Jesus, he becomes the navigator in our life. A navigator. A navigator is one who who directs the ship. Amen. You are on the ship, but it is God who navigates it. Where you say, you know what, Lord, My, my heart, I place it in your hands. Lord, my will, I surrender over to you, God, and you do with me as you see fit. Be prepared. Be prepared, because when you mouth those words, what you're telling God is that you have the, the free will to do in my life with what you do. You might not understand it. It might be disruptive. It might be unpleasant, uncomfortable, but it is God's plan for your life. See, sometimes you see an individual going through something. All you need to do is say, you know what, God, get them through it. I pray, God, that you just give them the strength to weather it. You know, when I hear of a loved one or a friend or someone who's battling an illness, all I have to do is just say, you know what, God, give them the strength. I love to see when the people of God turn the corner. I love to see when the people of God hold on to the promises of God. And when God, and they start speaking scripture, not, oh, why me? Oh, poor me. No, but they're saying, you know what, praise God. Give God glory. I'm going to go through this chemotherapy. I'm going to do the things that God has called me to do. I'm going to stand and be that Christian that God has called me to be. I'm going to be the light. Maybe you're that only one at the hospital that has the light of God. And you might even be there and be, be worse condition than the person next to you. But you have a promise and you're able to share that. They might look at you and say, you know what? You, you look calm. You look like you're Relaxed. But you know, that's an opportunity for you to say, you know what? Praise God. I'm here because of the, 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 the presence of God in my life. And you know what? I might be going through a tough situation, but I don't fight this battle alone. I have, the, I have the Lord Jesus Christ by my side guiding me, putting me before the right people. When God places you before the right people, that's a blessing. That's always my prayer. God placed them before the right people to bring their healing God because you are a loving God. Because Christians have the tendency to be comfortable. In this world, the material things and the domestic problems, the temporal things, begin to take priority over the spiritual. Sometimes we just can let... How many have ever let the, 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 the temporary things interrupt your, your walk with God? You get a notice you get a, a, a word, or you know what, this person is doing uh, bad, and this person is this, and some of these. Sometimes these 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 uh, barriers they come within you, and, and you just start to think about them, and, and you know what, and the devil starts to say, well, you know what, what your prayers are not being answered. Where where's uh, where's your God, where where's your where's your Christian family and your brothers and sisters? Where are they when you are in your time of need? Where are they? And the Lord has to whisper to you, I am beside you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then, you know, if you know of anyone who's, who's having a difficult time, reach out to them. Pray for them. Put their, put their, their, their name on your, on your phone and say, you know what? Make it a point to just send them a text, a scripture. Bring an encouragement to them. It is, there is nothing like it when somebody, when you're not feeling it, man, and someone says, you know what? You got this. You got this, brother. You got this, sister. You're going to make it. You're going to do what God has called you to do. Man, God has so many promises for you. These are words of encouragement. See, God is always up to something. Can you say amen? amen. In Deuteronomy 32, 11, it says this. I like this scripture, and especially when I have a little, a little thing to say about it. It says, like an eagle that steers up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them. And he carries them aloft. Now, I was reading about the eagles. Eagles are amazing. I love the eagles. Soar high. And, and they just have so much character and so many, so many characteristics that, that a Christian can really apply to themselves. But one of the things that when eagles hatch their eggs, before they start to build the nest. And now their nest can be anywhere from five to seven feet. Huge. But when they build the nest, what they do is they set it with stones twigs and little sharp, you know, pieces. And then they start to put the, the little fluff feathers and they start to put the, the, the grass and they start to do. What is this for? When the eaglet is born, the eaglet starts to flap its wings. Now, the parents start to encourage the eagle to fly. Now, it's not, the, it's not in the nature of the eaglet to want to leave the nest. But as the mother begins to flap their wings, it starts to disturb the nest. And after a while, those sharp twigs and those rocks and those little sharp objects start to make it uncomfortable for the eaglet. Sometimes God has to make our nest a little uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't want to leave the place of comfort. God says, look it, I want you to leave that relationship but I don't want to and God starts to flap the wings and starts to become a little uncomfortable why if the mother didn't do this the eaglet would never learn to soar high and you see it and at times you think it's cruel but the animal the animal kingdom they're 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 wild they're wild in the the things they do because the eagle throw throw the eagle out of the nest it's either fly And as they see it to start to go, they'll scoop down and pick it up, bring it back. Sometimes God just has to toss you out sometimes into some uncharted waters. And they says, you know what? Are you going to, are you going to flap your wings? Are you going to praise me? Are you going to praise me in this storm? Are you going to continue to want to cry and why you're leaving your comfort zone? See, these are the areas that God is dealing with us. See, truth is truth. Is, is that the disturbances when we get when things get easy, we get lazy when things get comfortable? We lose our momentum. If God never disrupted you and I, we would never jump out of the nest on our own. Sometimes God just needs to give you that little shove, amen. And you're, you're, you're like that one, like holding on, you don't want to leave. Amen. How many? How many? Sometimes you're just like, "No, God, I don't want to leave this job. It's 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 good. It's the hours are easy." And God says, "No, it's taking you away from me. I want you to move on." Sometimes the decisions that we have to make aren't pleasant at the time, but when it's God, it's going to work. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God's discipline is designed to motivate us and launch us towards the destiny. That's always the goal, is the destiny. The definition of disturbance is the interruption of a settled and peaceful condition. I love peace. Amen. I love, but when my peace is disturbed, it rises you up. And sometimes God brings a little disruption in things to bring you to your knees, to bring you to get into your word, because every, every answer to your problem will be found in the word of God. Every problem has an answer, and it's in the 66 books of the Bible. God has a word. Can I hear an amen? Amen. person said this, do, you, do what you have to do until you do what you're called to do. Sometimes where we're at, God's, and it's fine. You do what you have to do until you do what you're called to do. Because God's going to always call you into a, a new season. See, oftentimes, we, we, we like the season that we're in. We're, we like it. There's no, you know, there's the trials are minimal. You know what? It, it, it's, it, and I like that. I like that. But see, you know what? God says, you know what? Step out of that comfort zone. Come into this place. And yeah, you start to feel it. At, you, you, you feel the resistance a little. And you just say, you know what, God? I'm going to just keep taking it a step at a time. Take it a step at a time and say, you know what, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just weather through it. I'm going to stay on the course that you have played me. Because the prescription for your growth is the discipline that God has placed you in. So the second thing is the design of discipline. What does that look like? There is a design plan to every discipline of the believer. This plan brings us closer to the place of our maturity. See... The length of time that you've been serving God does not mean that you're at that maturity level. Because you could be doing something for a very long time. It doesn't mean that it's right. Well, I've been serving the Lord for 55 years. Are you pleasing God? Hebrews 12, 11. Now, all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. Yet later it will produce A transformation of character bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it see even though time seems so hard and impossible it's hard it's really a blessing that will profit you in the future it produces character John Wooden the famous college basketball coach said this ability may get you to the top but it takes character to keep you there see God is constantly working on the character of the individual Who you say you are is not who you are. God is looking at the heart of man and woman. He says, I look at the heart. I search the heart. It's the character that God is developing. We get disciplined, how many know, in the darkness. Seeds will grow when they're buried. You might feel like, man, this is a dark place, but that is where God is disciplining you. That is where God is transforming you. And that's where you are going to start to produce the fruit of righteousness that God speaks of. Because Christianity has its dark hours. I've seen throughout the years that there are some individuals in this house and then throughout that you hear about who have gone through some very tough times as a Christian. And sometimes you have to think like, man, God, that is harsh, but it is the plan of God. We don't understand it. We probably never will. But it is the plan of God to bring fruitation in our life. Which brings me to the third point. It's the discipline of disappointment. How many here have ever been disappointed? Come on now. Be truthful now. I got five people. I know there's more than five people here. You've ever been disappointed that things didn't go the way you went? The prayers that you sent out didn't happen. That person ended up getting worse than when you, before you prayed for them. And the devil says, man, you should have never prayed for them. Now look at them. They're even worse than they were before you prayed. So we understand that that in, in our walk with God, we will have those moments, those dark moments. When you are waiting to hear from God and the answer isn't what you expected. A big no. How many know that no is an answer? Yes, it is. And so we don't like it. It's not, man, what we wanted to hear. But you know what? It's still uh, uh, what comes from the, from the throne of grace disappointed and discouraged God the father knows what he's doing he has a plan for your life and to him that is the priority that is the priority is that as a child God is going to develop us and discipline us as he sees fit how many appreciate how many have come to a place where you could appreciate when you know that God has brought you through a tough time when you came out of the fire Amen. Well, you were in the fire, man, and it looked like, man, you 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 could you still smell like smoke. (laughs) And you came through it, and you could just say, "Ooh, thank you, Jesus." I uh, boy, I skated through that one, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Were you just like, man, you you have those moments like, oh, thank. Can you can you say praise the Lord? I always, I always laugh when my wife says, can you say praise the Lord? I know it's something that I lost that she found. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. The discipline of disappointment. Jeremiah 29, 11. We know that scripture so well. The plan that he has for you. The promise that he has for you. He's just, I'm going to give you a future. See, before Christ, we didn't have a future. Some of us here in this place didn't expect to live beyond the years that you are at now. You just said you know what I, I you, it, it was told to you it was it was imparted into you as a youth. Like you know what we don't live beyond this man uh, this runs in the family this runs in the family. You know what it ran into the family till it ran into you. Because when you came to Jesus all those curses were destroyed all those 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 uh, hang-ups all those things that that troubled your family throughout life and you thought that that was going to be your destiny god shattered it Amen. and says you are a child of god i give you a plan i give you a future i have a, a, a purpose in life for you but always our desires are going to come second to god's will in second samuel we know the story where david he had a desire to build the temple of god but god said no He had a noble desire, but God still said no. He had good intentions. God, this is for you, but God said no. We know the story about Paul. Paul had a desire to preach in Asia, and God said no. See, we could have good intentions and say, you know, God, I want to do this for you and for your glory. But if it's not the will of God, it will not come to pass. Then there's the fourth discipline, the discipline of unfairness. Sometimes we could look at an individual's life and just say, you know what? That's not fair. Why do they have it so hard? I look at Job in Job chapter 1 verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. Perfect and upright man that feareth God and turns from evil. But here he is facing the worst day of his life. He lost everything, his children, his his wealth, everything he lost. But he had the the heart in the end to say, I came into this world naked. I'm going to leave. Blessed be the name of God. See, when you can go through tough times and still have praise on your lips, you're in the process of growth. You're in, the, you're in the realm where you can say, you know what, God, I give you glory. This thing's, man, you know what, they're looking drastic right now. Chaos is rising up, but God, I'm going to keep my eye on you. I'm going to focus on your word and your promises because I know you will see me through. I would rather have it. You heard me many times. I would rather have Jesus on a tough day than Jesus have a good day without Jesus. I know that the times will come, but I know that they won't last because I know that it is a season that God needs to take me through. You and I have the opportunities for growth. That is our goal is that we could say, you know, God, I'm, too, I'm in a position right now. We're all on different levels. We are all on different levels where, you know what, some of us are new in Christ, some of us have some years, but God is continuing to develop us. As a church, as a body, we've gone through some tough times where we had, an, you know, when we were told that we were gonna lose our building, we only had like 30 days. And we were like, you know, where are we gonna go with it? But our pastor never wavered. He says, you know what? We got to pray more. We got to pray stronger. We got to pray that God will do it. And God, as faithful as he is, he showed up at the last minute. Sometimes you might be at the edge of the sea before the sea parts, but God is taking you to the sea. Sometimes you need to step into the water. Sometimes you need to step into a little craziness before you see the seas part before God. But you know that God is with you. That is where you know that. See, Job's discipline was, was to lose everything he had. The beginning seemed unfair, but it proved to be worth it because he stood the course. He said, God, I am not moving, man. He had friends up at the mountaintop looking down at him trying to figure out what sin did he commit that God would bring this judgment on him. My friends sitting there thinking, wondering why God is punishing me. Sometimes your friends, your loved ones, they're not going to understand what God is doing in your life. But God is always up to something. God is doing something right now. Some of you are in a place of unpleasantness. And some of you are in a place where you say, you know what, God is going to take me to. Be ready. Where you say, God, I'm ready for the next season in my life. That is where you say, you know what, God, I'm overlooking all these things. Then there's the fifth one. The discipline of delay. That's where God doesn't say anything. God's just waiting. And you say, you know what, God, I, you know, it, 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 it's so easy to get ahead of God in doing things. You don't like to wait. Amen. How many here like to wait? I don't like lines. I don't like lines. I, I, told, I told my kids, I, I will never stand in a, a line to see Batman for five hours ever again. Ever again. I could see it the next day. It's going to be the same movie. It's not like you're missing anything. Because we want it now. We want now, well, our prayers we want them answered now. And God's not saying no. He's not saying yes. He's saying wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord. But see, we're that, you know, we're that microwave Christians. You put it a minute, boom, and you take your burrito out at 45 seconds. You don't even want to wait for the whole minute. God spoke to Abraham that he will bless him with a child. Abraham's problem was that he could not handle the discipline of delay. He gives you a promise at this age. Bless the Lord. Hurry up. He Land the plane, Anthony. <laughs> he gives him a promise. He says, I'm going to bless you. He's getting up there in age. It took 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled. You know, God gives you a promise, and, and Abraham had to think like, you know what, man, God, I ain't getting any younger. You know, and Sarah, she's over there, she's, she's got some age on her too. You know, so then he, Sarah comes up with a, the bright solution that, you know what, hey, why don't you just have a child with my, my maidservant, Hagar? I wanted Abraham right there to say, you know what, Sarah, we're going to hold on to the promise of God. And it's going to come. And he did. And he says, well, if you're okay with it, I. (laughs) But it wasn't the promise. It was that was the flesh. He got ahead of God. And it wasn't until he was at the age where the Bible says that that it was it was going to be evident that it was God. Where you know what, have you ever had those moments where you know that you know that you know that it was only through God that you were able to do what was being done? That God, you know what, that that the the reason this blessing came was because of you. And that's where it came to this point. See, God will not forget his promise, but he will be delayed to discipline us. The destiny of discipline, what is the purpose of it? This, the discipline of God is not to punish you, but it is to develop us. Because on the cross, Jesus took the punishment for you and I. So the process that God is bringing you to is to grow. That is the goal, is that we all come to a place where we have that relationship with God, where you don't have to go to Facebook. You don't have to go to the friends and, and you know, all these other avenues that where you say you know you could turn and just get on your knees and say God you are my answer. God, you have the answer to my solution. I'm going to steadfast be firm in my belief God that you will make this work. Yes. And you hold to that And you don't waver from that. And it might get worse. It might just start to snowball. And you just might start to feel that overcome with, with anxiety and discouragement. And sometimes somebody might even offer you a quick out. But that's your opportunity to say, no, I'm going to hold on to the promise of God. I have had many people who, friends, genuine people who I care about, say, you know what? Let me help you. Where I had to say, you know what? No, I'm going to hold on to something. Sometimes they don't understand it, so I don't have the time to go through the promises of God with them because they won't understand it. But it is God taking you to that place where you say, God, I see your hand moving, and I'm going to be steadfast. This morning, I just want to encourage us to do not look at discipline as a punishment, but a development in yours and my walk with God. Can you stand with me here this morning? When you look at the process of purifying gold, I was watching this documentary, and when they bring gold out of its natural form, it doesn't look like the gold that we see. There's bits of rocks and there's other stuff in that. And they throw it in the purifier. They throw it in the fire. And as the refiner is, is, is sifting through it, all the, the impurities start to rise to the top. Start to rise to the top and they scoop it out. And the gold starts to melt down and it starts to, and it becomes very shiny. And the refiner says this, I know when the gold is done, When I could see my face in it, when you're in the fire and God could see his reflection in you, that is when the process is being completed. It's unpleasant, and we get it, we've all been there, but it's needed. Every head bowed, every eye closed.